How's it going, everybody? I'm Luke, and of course, joined by Joe. Very good to be back. Uh, I don't remember the last time we recorded, but um, some stuff has happened, and I and Joe, we kind of got, well, I kind of got a hankering and asked Joe, hey, let's record Tuesday or something, I don't know, Wednesday, and then, you know, things happened, and we canceled, and then the stall trade happened. And everything blew open again. We're like, okay, well, we got to do something. And so we're here. Um, And we'll cover that, of course. Um, But Joe, want to update people on how you've been? Uh, Lots of stuff going on. Uh, If you've been listening for a while, you would know that I had elbow surgery. And I have currently have pins in my elbow. Two Mm. or three pins in my elbow. You can feel them. It's kind of, it's kind of strange, but you know, I got a little tired of waking up to pain every morning and discomfort. So December 18th, surgery number two. Again, I'm taken out. So there's a little life update for you. I'm nice. Excited for that. Nice. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure um, Jim Kelly uh, broke his collarbone in like 1992 or something. And uh, he had rods put in his shoulder. Breaking your collarbone just sounds like the worst thing ever. Yeah, especially if you're a quarterback. But if you're throwing shoulder. But uh, if you ever read uh, Jim Kelly's 1992 or 1993 uh, autobiography, um, co-written with the Buffalo News' Vic Carucci, um, you'll learn all this stuff. So Mm -hmm. I recommend it. Also, you know how you said we were going to – record on Tuesday how like like the stereotype of our show I guess uh, is okay they'll record and then something will happen immediately after yes like that would be so TCB podcast of us to talk about the internal cap on Tuesday and then they trade for Eric Stahl the day after that's right yeah Um, oh good thing good thing I had a lot of work to do yes yes looking back on it a lot of work, um, indeed. But uh, yeah, yeah. All right, Eric Stahl. I was eating dinner when this happened. I I was at got, work. Got a random notification that I think it was from Sarah McClellan, who I thought she was covering the Coyotes, but now she's covering the Wild. Hmm. That Johansson was going to the Wild, and I'm like, oh wow. I wonder, are we getting a fourth round pick back or oh, something? What happened here? Yeah. They're really starting to purge the money. And I see it's Eric Stahl. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Okay, what else are they adding? And then I keep seeing on the insider saying it's one for one. I could not believe it. I could not believe it. No, it's a great trade. Uh, Eric Stahl, he's, you know, uh, two years ago, 2018, 42 goals. He was an all star. Uh, He's 36 years old, but you know what? This is for the last couple of weeks. Okay. I've been caught up on like the idea of Corey Perry for some reason, getting him in free agency just cause you know, he's a veteran old. He'd probably be cheap. You know, just, you need guys like that in the in this locker room, but then it, Eric saw, I hadn't even thought about and I'm like, okay, well that's 10 million times better that, you know, it's a veteran player and he's actually good. Yeah. Uh, so this is exactly what I wanted out of free agency this year, but uh, Christmas comes a little bit early and uh, we get a second line center. And from the sounds of it, I think Dylan Cousins might be here next year. 
Yeah, definitely judging off of Adam's comments uh, post-trade. Yeah, it definitely that, sounds like he's going to be here. Yeah, he said that uh, it's going to take a lot of pressure off of Cousins. It's like, oh, well, he wouldn't say that if, um, you know, I don't think if he's playing and, in Lethbridge or whatever. You know, like if Botterill was here, he would have, well, one, they probably wouldn't have traded for Eric Stahl if Botterill was here. Casey Middlestat would be the second-line center. <laughs> but. Like, Botterill would have said, like, oh, we don't even know if he's going to be here. He could be – he needs development, another year in Lethbridge, yada, yada, yada. Maybe he goes to play in Sweden or something. Who knows? But, like, the fact that Adam said having Stahl in the room with Dylan Cousins is going to be making a big impact on him, it makes it sound like for sure that their plan is to pencil him into the lineup next year, which is exciting because I am really excited to see Dylan Cousins. Maybe they'll live together. I mean, probably. Right. I can see it. Ah, that would be nice. I'm, I don't know. I'm looking right. forward to the beyond blue and gold where Dylan Cousins is babysitting Eric Stahl's kids. Mm-hmm. If they're even – I'm assuming they will move here. I keep seeing that they are they were building a retirement home in Minnesota or something like that. So I, I have no oh, idea. Oh, wow. But, well, hey, you know what? He's from uh, Thunder Bay, Ontario. I don't know how far away – I don't think it's that far away from here. So. If we're being honest, I'm, I'm going to look. I mean, I don't think he can commute to every game, but yeah. um, I mean, he's, I guess, close to home. I mean, if you're listening in Ontario, this is probably like people comparing uh, Buffalo and New York City. You know, like people outside New York just assume Buffalo is like Ooh. an hour away from New York Thunder City. Thunder Bay, Ontario is literally right at the Minnesota border. Oh, geez. Oh, okay. So, uh, this is actually a negative. <laughs> Literally, you're right there. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. So, this is a negative for him then. Uh, yeah. But it's, I, I think... believe it's a 16 hour drive. Yes. Yeah, 16 hours and 18 Ooh. minutes. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So, it's well, like four times our trip to Toronto, which seems forever. Yeah. Yikes. Well, uh, did you see what Pierre Lebrun said apparently about his no movement clause? Yes, yeah, a ten-team no-trade list. He played and, himself. Yeah, much. he just didn't expect a mediocre, garbage dump of a team like Buffalo to be like, "Hey, let's trade for Eric Stahl." That's where I guess you, I saw uh, yesterday. Elliot Friedman said Stahl denied five trades over the course of the last like two or three years. Boston was one of them. They tried to get him a couple times. But he would put the teams that he would expect to trade for him, like Boston, Tampa, like teams like that, that would want to trade for a second line center that's only making three million dollars. Well, maybe he'll have a chip on his shoulder too. Yeah, you know, so it's kind of like Phil Kessel putting all of the cap strap teams on his no trade on the teams that he would go to, except for Arizona, because he only wanted to go to Arizona. Yeah. Like, he put teams that couldn't afford him. So, like, that's the cool part about no trade and no move clauses because, like, you can work around things and pretty much guarantee that you're going to go to this place or you're not going to go to these places. But, hey, he didn't think – I'm assuming that he probably doesn't want to come here. You ever think – if you didn't want to come here, you should have put Buffalo on your no trade list. But he played himself. Like who who was on that list then? I'm gonna I, guess like Boston, the Rain. I mean, I'm guessing the Rangers wouldn't be because Mark Stahl still plays for the Rangers. So I guess not. I'm sure 
Carolina maybe, uh, wasn't on it either. Florida uh, probably is far away, and they're not Austin, really doing anything. Winnipeg. Really? Winnipeg is close to – it's like right on the Minnesota border, though. I don't think he would want to go. Like I, I'm assuming he wanted to stay in Minnesota. He didn't want to get traded. Hmm. I, I was actually thinking Winnipeg would be like specifically one of the teams that isn't on the list. I don't know, but who wants to go to Winnipeg? Winnipeg's like always number <laughs> they, one. They they don't have Wi Fi. <laughs> was it that a thing with um who who was that? Who was that? Uh someone criticized them. I, I don't forget. know. It, it was in the news. Yeah. I'm know. sure like Dallas, Nashville, like especially like teams in Minnesota's division. Yeah. Too. Uh what about Colorado. Oh, yeah, Colorado probably. He'd be a good fit in Colorado. Now, here's what I want to know. I've always wondered this. How do they give – how do they deliver uh, their teams the no, the no trade list? Do they write on a Post-it note? Like, does their, does their lawyer type sure up something? I'm sure the agent just, like, emails the GM. See, like, how ridiculous probably, is that? There's probably some, like, special, like, Excel form that they fill out. yeah. That's like, so stupid. I've always wondered, like, how do you, how, like, how are those? What's the method of delivery? You know, I like, know. I don't know. It's goofy, but um, it happened. Whatever. Eric Stahl is a saber. The the forbidden. Uh, I don't know. How would you describe it? I mean, I feel like those those o five o six hurricanes guys are kind of forever have seemed off limits. Oh my God! The people that are like, "Oh, how could it's you?" It's almost trade? treasonous. How could you trade for Eric Stahl? He was on the 06 Cup team. Blah blah blah. Like, are you kidding me? We haven't had a second line center in two years, and you're gonna complain about Eric Stahl? Come on, the guy—he was on pace for like 25 goals last year, 50 plus points. Like, how many people had 19 goals on the Sabers last year? It couldn't have been many. No. Right. Yeah. Come on. I'm going to check right now. I know Eichel had over 20, but. Or probably did. Let's Honestly, I, don't, I can't even tell you, like, who was on the team. Like, my mind just, I, I can't <laughs> tell you, like, who was on this team. It, I, it's all fog. I don't know. Or I don't know where guys were. I mean, I, 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 have, I either have memory issues or this team is just super insignificant. Or yeah, maybe it could be both. It could be, yeah. Could, could be, be could very well be both. Fortunately, I'm looking up the goal leaders for the 1920 season. Let's see. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Now you mean the 2019, 19, or 2020 yeah. season? Not, not, but, not when Toe Blake and Joe Malone were playing. <laughs> oh <my God>. Easy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. Okay. Let's see. Come on. Uh, come on. I got the McDonald's oh. Wi-Fi. Oh boy. Here. But, like, people are complaining. Oh, like, and I want to preface this. Not a lot of people are complaining. I want to say this. But, but, like, the people that are, like, you are really reaching here. Suburban Hockey Day. Eichel had had 36 goals last year. Like, he was so good. Reinhardt had 22. Olofsson had 20. So, Stahl would have been fourth on the team in goals. Skinner only had 14. Oh my god! Just looking at this list, did you know Gergensen's had twelve goals? Yeah, it crazy? was like his. his uh, yeah, no. I know. Um, Gergensen's only had more, only had two less goals than Skinner. I want him back. Gergensen's. If we're gonna bring back either he or Larson, well, I mean, it's it's a tough choice. I can't believe like 
I I did a did a full one eighty on uh him and uh, Larson this year. I would take both of them back and keep the log line together. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't think either of them would want to come back though. Because could you blame them? No. Could I you? Mean, Larson could be a a a great piece on like the Bruins or something. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I could see both of them going to the Bruins. <laughs> Everyone can go to the Bruins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, if they lose Gergensen's, whatever. I think, I think they're gonna want to give Tate Thompson an opportunity to like actually play. Mm-hmm. In in that fourth line left wing spot, I think that's the only place for him right now. Well, you know what? I think. Just go back, sorry, to Larson Gergensons. I think Gergensons will be a great uh, Tortorella player. I can see or, him on the Blue Larson. Jackets. Or Larson. I mean, mm-hmm. it, he has Latvian comrades there. Uh, I think two, right? Merzlikens and uh, who's the other? Kiv Lennox. Mer- Merzlikens is Latvian, isn't he? Yeah. Sure, yeah. And Kiv Lennox. Kiv Lennox. <laughs> they have the weirdest goalie names out there in Columbus. But yeah, I think they should prioritize bringing Larson back because if your four centers next year are Eichel, Stahl, Cousins, and Larson, I think you're in pretty decent shape. Mm-hmm. Unless Stahl falls off a cliff, which, I mean, he is 36 years old and he is coming to Buffalo. Yeah. I think a second line of Jeff Skinner, Eric Stahl, and Sam Reinhart, that's pretty good. It's pretty yeah. good. You roll with like Olofsson, Eichel, and find a right winger on line one. You can even slot Cahoon in up there, but I like the idea of Cahoon with Cousins. and now, Maybe if Marco Rossi falls the Sabres at eight, he slots in on that third line left wing with Cousins and Cahoon. I didn't watch a whole lot of Minnesota games, so therefore I did not see a lot of Eric Stahl this year. Can he still Same. move? Like. Uh... From what I was reading, like his skating isn't bad, but like. But was he ever the greatest skater? I I don't think so. I thought he's always been kind of that power forward type. Yeah, he's he's a big dude. Stahl's like six four, I think. Yeah, so I don't think he's ever really six four two oh nine. In fact, I don't even know what he's done exceptionally well throughout his career. <laughs> like I don't know what he's known for. Really. He had a hundred points in oh six. Won the Stanley yeah. Cup. And like I said earlier, forty two goals a couple years ago, which. Who knows if he can – that was also a really good Minnesota team. I think that was, like, the last time – oh, no, wait. No, that was the year they faced Winnipeg, actually. Never mind. They were, like, the, they were the, the last – he line. had 42 goals. They were out in five games. Yeah, yeah. My mistake. I should have known that. But, like, Adams was mentioning, like, even, like, off the ice, this is a great ad. Yeah. You have a 36-year-old veteran who has been around, mm-hmm. who has won the Stanley Cup, who has – and in the playoffs, not that many times, but he still has. Like, especially recently, this year, the qualifying round, he went to three consecutive playoffs with the Rangers and two years with the Wild. The Hur- when he was with the Hurricanes, they didn't really make it a lot. But, like, he's been there. He's won the Stanley Cup. He knows what it has to take to win the Stanley Cup. And that's going to be a good influence on Dylan Cousins. It's going to – if Casey Middleset and Tate Thompson are here – it's going to be a good influence on them. It's going to be a good influence on Rasmus Dahlin, Henry Okihari. There's still young players here. They needed this veteran presence, and they need a good veteran presence, and that's exactly what they got. 
Well, this is one thing too, maybe on a lesser scale, but I think um, is important if you want like a rookie like that to learn, you know, the, the real ins and outs of, you know, taking care of their body and stuff uh, and whatnot. If you want cousins to do that, uh, Eric Stahl has only missed three games. Well, four games in the since 2016. So he, and, and if you look before that, he's barely missed any time. He's gone 81 games, 82, 83 and 15. 16. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> he's kind of an iron man. So, I mean, if you want someone to tell cousins, okay, this is how you take care of your body too. In the NHL, you know, this is how you prepare. Uh, does that make sense? Like, yeah, I, I know you. he's, he's, that's a good guy to have too. Now I think, I think they should not stop here with bringing in veterans. I think the, the coyotes, they want to trim their payroll. How about Nicholas Jalmerson? Play with Rasmus Dahlin. How many years does he have left? I think this is his last year. Uh, why not? You know, I mean, like, yeah, okay, rent, one year rental, whatever. It's time to win. Like, you can't be waiting around for years anymore. The idea of bringing Wayne Simmons back, and not many people talk about this anymore. I wonder if they've closed the door on that. I wouldn't do it unless somehow Oposo decided he was done. Yeah, they were able to trade him because Simmons only fits with this team if he's on the fourth line right wing, in my opinion. I feel like I like Wayne Simmons. Um, I always have, but I think that ship has sailed. Like, you know, that would just be too many slow old guys, you know? Yeah. And and the bomb will, or not bomb the lineup, but um, on the team just in general. I do think they should try and get a power forward who can actually play hockey. Like yeah. Josh Anderson and Jake Vertanen, one of those two guys. Well, I they doubt were in on they... Josh Anderson at the at the trade deadline. Right, right, and were, I, that was close. It's that was a botchful thing. That's the only thing. So I doubt they, um, you know, revisit that. I'm sure if they want to revisit that, uh, Columbus would call and be like, "Hey, listen, we were, we were talking about this." Like same thing with uh, the side deal with Vegas, although it changed. Murray wanted to protect Carrier and Botterill wanted to protect Allmark. So he'd be a great power forward to have. Uh, I would love Will Carrier back on this team. He's, I, I think he's a great fourth liner. But besides that, cap implications for the stall trade, by the way, they filled a great need. Second line center, veteran presence, someone who's still good too. And they also mm-hmm. clear cap space. Marcus Johansson making four and a half million, and Stahl making a measly three point two five million. Both of them expire at the end of the year. This is great. Yeah, this isn't like this isn't a Wayne Simmons trade. You know, it's not bringing in, um, you know, kind of a washed up shell of his former self guy. Like uh, Stahl is obviously, you know, still productive. He rejuvenated his career in Minnesota, basically. Yes. Like, towards the end of it in Carolina, you look at his stats at least, 33 points, 63 games, 54 and 77. Like, slowly but surely starting to trail off, and then he found his game again in Minnesota. We were saying before this, like, he was, like, starting to get washed up towards the end in Carolina, and he's found himself again. So hopefully we get a continuation of what he was in Minnesota rather than the end in Carolina. But I think they have the wingers in the top six to surround him 
with good enough wingers that he can still play well, even if he starts to trail off a little bit. Yeah. And also, if they suck, they could just flip him at the trade deadline for like a first-round pick. Right. And there's a better than 50% chance of that happening. So yeah, uh, he's that contract is wizardry. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, this is as perfect a trade as the Sabres could have made aside from trading for like Nick Backstrom or something like completely out of the realm, you know, like this, yeah. like if you think of like ideal, like this could actually happen. Like this is one of the best outcomes that could have happened. This is one of the best trades that you could. Have I made. would have been happy if they traded like the 38th overall pick for stall. Yeah, I would have been over the moon for that. They trained Marcus Johansson, who struggled last year. They shoehorned him in at second line center. It didn't work out, and they kept doing it. Mm-hmm. And that was a uh, that was a botchel maneuver. Mm-hmm. You know? And the funny thing is, the Wild are like, "Yeah, he's going to play center." I this move just does not make any sense for the Wild. No, let's talk about their perspective for a little bit. It just does not make any sense. Bill Guerin saying that you saw his quote right about. If things stay the same, then uh, yeah, then we're always whatever he said. I don't know. Typical hockey things guy. Things aren't going to change unless we make changes. Yeah, it's which I okay. can understand that. But why are you trading Eric Stahl? Why aren't like, you like trying to get rid of Victor Rask for a bag of pucks? That's like making a trade for the sake of changing your team is literally like that's what I do in NHL 12 GM mode. <laughs> <laughs> like I just trade guys just because you don't do that in real life. I don't know. It's uh, it's a typical boys club uh, thought. Oh, yeah. Hockey guy. Real hockey guy. Well, Johansson's probably going to be their first line center. <laughs> for real? Probably. Who else they got? They, they traded nothing for Nick Bugstad. They have Victor Rask and they have Joel Erickson. I, I mean, I could see them giving Erickson an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Maybe they draft Anton Lundell with the 10th overall pick and then shoehorn him in at first line center, but oh. <clears throat> who knows? Yeah, I don't know what the wow. Wild are doing. They signed Jonas Brodeen to that seven-year extension, right? which I really wanted the Sabres to target. Brodeen and Stahl, try and get both of them in the same trade. Mm-hmm. But that obviously isn't going to happen now. But there's Seattle implications here for the Wild. Suter... Mm-hmm. Brodeen and Spurgeon all have no move clauses. They're not going to protect forward defense, and they're going to trade Matt Dumba. Mm. So I wonder when that happens. And they definitely are going to want a center in any Matt Dumba trade. So wait, do no move clauses apply to expansion too? Yeah, if you have a no move, you have to protect them. Oh my God. It's like Skinner, he's got no move clause. They have to protect you off Skinner no matter what. Unless okay. they decide to waive their no-move clause to go to Seattle. Okay. Well, okay. I get it. So, like, Milan Lucic, he's got a no-move clause, I believe. They could come to him, Calgary, and say, hey, help us out here. We don't want to lose this guy. Seattle is not going to take you. So, waive your no-move clause and go to Seattle so we can protect Dylan uh, Dubé. Yeah, you know? yeah. Or uh, who's uh, Andrew Manjapani? <laughs> yeah, one of those All guys. Right. But, yeah, you got anything yeah. else to say on the stall trade? This is nah. wizardry, a great first step in the right direction for Kevin Adams. 
It's a great we'd move. be beating a dead horse if we go any further with this one. <laughs> All right, now let's talk about the internal cap. Yes. Uh, who who uh, mentioned this first? I want to credit the source here. Oh, was it was, was it, it uh, Frank Saravelli? TSM. Uh, ah, okay. Yeah, yep. He mentioned in an article. It might have been trade bait. I want to say that mm. he's heard rumblings that the Sabres have a $70 million internal cap. And just for comparison, the cap next year is $81.5 million. Mm-hmm. So keep in mind the Sabres do save about a million dollars here. Still have to sign Montour, Reinhardt, Olafson, Cahoon, and Allmark. Those are the, and Lazar. Those are the roster players that they still have to sign. And they also have Gergensen's, Larson, and Simmons, VC, Sabotka coming off the books. Can't imagine any of those guys will be back. But you're going to get to 70 million pretty fast. Yes. So I don't know what else they're going to be able to do here. Well, okay. Um, I think we're not the only team doing it, of course. I mean, uh, yeah, and plus, I heard Florida's going to have a spending limit. I, like. I, I don't think this would have happened necessarily uh, if the pandemic hadn't happened, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it's it's obviously driven by that. And the fact that it's the Sabres amplifies it more. You know, it's ha-ha, the team is broke. Uh, my primary concern is this, okay? Uh, how – so Jack Eichel's making $10 million a year, right? Yes. So – Already, uh, however much of the cap is already so that's ten million of seventy million that you have. Jeff Skinner's making nine. Jeff Skinner's making nine, so nineteen million is up right there. How are you going when everyone else's contract is up? How are you going to spread out fifty million dollars throughout? Uh, well, at least nineteen other guys on the team, right? And then on top of that, guys in Rochester and um, wherever else money is exactly. allocated. Like, how are they going to do that? It too. They got to just rely on an understanding that like between players and uh, front offices, like, okay, salaries are going to be lower for a little while. Uh, we need you to accept that and just sign a deal because, you know, it might not be any different anywhere else. The only players that are under contract at forward for the Sabres next year, Eichel, Skinner, Oposo, and Stahl. That's it. Everyone else is a free agent, uh, RFA, UFA. I think Reinhardt is a more trade candidate than ever, unfortunately. I, I thought about that, too, because it seems like they have a completely complete unwillingness to trade Rasmus versus the line, and it sounds like it's not going to happen, and they're just going to keep him. Ralph Kruger loves the big Finnish boy, yes. and they're going to keep him, and they're going to play him 30 minutes a night for the next two years, it looks like. Well, maybe he'll be in Seattle. Who knows? But yeah, yeah, it sounds like he's gonna stay. You get, like I said, you get seventy million pretty quickly. I would not. I they can't trade Sam Reinhart. Come on, how you can't? Well, uh, I mean, it makes sense that they would, if especially if anyone not trade can Risto. be traded. Anyone, nobody, nobody is safe in these unprecedented times, as they say. <laughs> These, it's unprecedented times. Unprecedented times. Yes, Absolutely Joe. Uh, you know, it's it. You got you got to understand here. We're living in unprecedented times. Okay, <laughs> it's never happened before. 
Also worth mentioning, Kyle Oposo's base salary is $3 million. Now, when we're talking about an internal cap, so that's spending $70 million, not the cap hit. Like yeah. The Sabres could, in theory, hit the salary cap based on the average annual value. So now right. I'm going to quickly do the math here. If you want to oh just... I'll just I'm keep assuming going. Okay. <laughs> this is just because of the pandemic and mm-hmm. while there's a flat cap. So I'm going to do the math and see what their like salary, like legitimate straight salary is at. Okay. Yeah. I, like for example, Jack Eichel's base salary this year is two and a half million because he oh had a seven God. and a half million dollar signing bonus on July 1st. Ugh. Oh so boy. I'm the math here. So maybe it's not as bad as it seems. I'm just going to imagine being the Pagulas and I know they're, they're billionaires and you know, that's pretty good. But like, imagine having to pay that. Ugh, just knowing like million dollar sign. Uh, just wait until okay. Josh Allen signs his contract. Oof. He's going to bankrupt the Sabres. Man. Yep. That's... Again, Jeff Skinner's base salary, two and a half million. He has seven and a half million dollar signing bonus on July 1st. That just knowing that, that, that dread, like, oh, okay, here it comes. Here it comes. I should be enjoying my summer, but we have seven and a half million coming out of the bank account. Out of the yacht fund. There yeah, it goes. so it's if they really want to spend a seventy million just this year, I don't know if they're going to really go forward with this internal cap thing, but I mean, they could do it. Oposo, he had a three million dollars signing bonus. His base salary is three million dollars. Okay, wow. So that's not. I, that I'm bad. through. Eichel, Skinner, and Oposo were at eight million dollars in base salary. Okay. That's not horrible at all. Stahl's base salary is $3 million. So they can make it work, I guess. So the four forwards that are under contract right now, they're shelling out $11 million in base salary. Hmm. That's so not bad. There's wiggle room around this. Like I think we were met, uh, Elliot Friedman mentioned that the Sayers would like to upgrade, upgrade their goaltender situation. So, a name that has popped around recently, James Reimer. James Reimer has a cap hit of over $3 million, but his base salary is $800,000. So, does this mean that they could make it work with Holpe, theoretically? I mean, they could if they structure the contract weird. I don't think I want Braden Holpe mm. on the Sabres. I would prefer someone younger not yeah. washed up yeah okay but like that's fair i would prefer james reimer over carter hutton that's for sure oh absolutely ristolainen's base salary 4.4 million so rasmus ristolainen the highest salaried pay player on the sabers this year by the looks of things this completely changes how i'm going to look at contracts now like All the right, actual so cap hit. I never realized five it was players thing. were at fifteen million, so it may sound bad in theory, especially if they're going through this philosophy just for this year, but it sounds like it can work. Yeah, if you do a little digging. If you do the digging. That makes sense. This out. Yeah. Uh, Go Colin for it. Miller, he has no signing bonus, three point eight seven five. 
Uh, yeah, that's, that'll be one thing, too, though. There'll be guys who don't have bonuses. Yeah, but that'll probably like, be the lower contract, so anyway. so Yeah. Uh, Jake McCabe, let's see what his salary is. We you know, probably should have done the math before, but <laughs> we're all learning together. Well, here. I mean, people get the point, though. I mean, you know, uh, it, it won't be as bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think, like, Derek Sepon, if we want to target another center, his cap is like $6.5 I think his salary is like $2 million. Like, it's stuff like that. Like, yeah. Like I've said before, they can, like, they could hit the salary cap but like their actual salary of it isn't right. that bad. Right. Like they could feasibly be spending 70 million on salary, but be at the salary cap. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this makes me wonder now, I wonder if the owners uh, during the influenza season in 1919, I think um, <laughs> had to make changes like this. I mean, I know it was just a Stanley cup that was canceled, but um who knows? I wonder what the financial ramifications of that were. <laughs> I think it was only two teams that were affected, but, you know, still. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how the war impacted. World like, how war. do you think – Yeah, how did World War II impact the NHL? I want to look into that. <laughs> I'm sure there's a book about it that you would love to read. Uh, yeah, I, I, there's like a lack of really good hockey books. If any listeners want to recommend it, weren't you telling me like last week that whenever you look for hockey books, it's just like fan fictions of like you know when you go to tops romance and you see those, novels. Yes, like you go to tops and you go down the book aisle. I don't know if they're still there, but you see the romance novels with like the super jacked dudes and like you know the girls like you know and they're they're kissing underneath a waterfall or something. <laughs> that that's all it is. It, I think maybe. Uh, these big publishers just think that all hockey fans are idiots and barbarians and won't buy books, you know? And so not, nothing gets published. Uh, that's, that's my theory at least because it's all like uh, 100 things. Every Dallas stars fan should know and do before they die. And uh, like, you know, player autobiographies co-written by someone and the text is like, it's like 24 size font. It's not, you know. All right, I have the grand total. Okay. For all players that are under contract currently next year, what would you like to hazard a guess? Uh, $45 million. $26.490. Jesus. Million dollars. Okay. Well. Now, maybe they don't want to, like, physically spend, what is it, like, 50 thousand dollars more than this because they did 50 million dollars more than this sorry because they did shell up so much money in the eichel skinner and oposo signing bonuses mm-hmm. eichel and skinner seven and a half million each oposo was three million so but if they did if their plan was to spend 70 million on salary alone they have a ton a ton of money available yeah it can it can work i'm gonna tweet this out yeah. Well, uh, there you go. See, it all works out in the end. I, 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 I hadn't known that. Well, I guess I, I guess I knew, but like, you know, I hadn't. I wasn't aware that, um, you know, this was all um, how it really works. I guess never did any deep digging into the topic. You know. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. I'm but, just tweeting this number out. Yeah, maybe it won't. Um, so it won't be, won't be that bad. I'm just scrolling through Twitter right now while you do that, and uh, no, uh, no Edmonds in Milano this Ooh. Sunday. So by the time this is out, everyone will know that, but um, that's devastating. Well, I guess I could bring up another topic then. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, uh, so I'll go right down my personal list that I have here. The Sabres, I don't know if you could say hired or more likely assigned Adam Mayer and Mike Weber to the Rochester Americans to be assistant coaches. Um, Of course, they went outside the organization for the coach with Seth Appert. I think his name's Seth. Yes. And this reminds me, I've been doing a lot of reading, as you alluded to, and one of the books I read was about um, the continuation wars between Finland and the Soviet Union, okay? And ultimately, Finland lost the war, but Soviet Union is like, okay, you can keep your independence, okay? But we want you to kick out the Germans who are stationed in your country, and we're going to send a special committee there to oversee it all. All right, you're not going to have any power to do anything. Like, you're going to do this. You're subordinate to us. And, you know, if you don't do that, then you're breaking the agreement. I hmm. get serious vibes of that with this move here from uh, PSE. Pagula Sports Entertainment is the Soviet Union. It's the boys' and, club. Yeah, It's yeah. the boys' club. They're the like, Sabres are slowly becoming the boys' club. Yeah, we're putting our satellites in your country – and they're going to run it how uh, you want it to. Like, it's like having outsiders in your organization or, you know, in your, in your uh, coaching room. Let's be honest. So you've, like, you've got the state-sponsored propaganda on the instigators, Baran, Peters, and Herve. Yeah. The Rochester coaching staff, you have uh, Mayor and Mike Weber. And now Matt Ellis is like the director of player development. Who's next? That's what I want to know. When's Brian Gianta gonna is Gianta the assistant GM now? I next? wonder <laughs> I wonder if we're gonna lure uh Paul Gostad back to the organization. I don't think I, he's not involved in anything anymore. I don't think he like it's always the guys who are involved. Now I Mayor has been on like the player development side of things for a few years now. But Mike Weber just came to me as a surprise. He's only been retired for a couple of years now. He's already an AHL assistant coach. He's cheap. Yeah, he's cheap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You get the players that love Buffalo. And I guess that uh, Weber referenced the tank in ah. in his uh, introductory press conference yesterday, too. Really? Yeah. I, I didn't say? listen to it. I didn't listen to it, but I, I saw a tweet. Brayton <laughs> tweeted it that he referenced the tank. That's great. That's funny. That's funny. I always liked him. <laughs> But uh, remember that that graph. Well, never mind. That's that's super long ago. Um, but Adam Mayer, I think it's cool that he's still somehow associated with the organization. There's always the, like when I would sit in my family season tickets seats, mm-hmm. there would always be this kid. Probably he's probably like he's definitely older now. But he when he was younger, he would always say, "Oh, we need Adam Mayer back." I'm like, "What? <laughs> what are you talking about?" <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know. I don't want to criticize the moves. I just wonder if this was Seth Appert's decision or if it was 
good old Terry Pagula saying like, Hey, listen, we need, we need yeah. these, these good Sabres players back. I feel like though, if it was Appert's decision, that's pretty ironic that he went with two guys already in the organization, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Very, very strange. If you ask me, yes. But you know what is weird? Adam still hasn't named any assistant GMs. The draft is less than a month away. Yeah, I wonder who's helping him then behind the scenes. Are they just I've oh, what the heck's the new director of scouting? His name. I completely oh. forgot. Something with an L? I don't know. But I think it's just the the few scouts that are still in the in the organization. There's the director of scouting there's not a there's not two directors anymore you know save a couple of bucks that way and uh jason nightingale oh okay the director of analytics so yeah there's that's it for the organization at the moment which i just find it very strange and clearly like adams doesn't need someone saying like hey you got to do this and this and that to make a trade like clearly he has a pretty good idea of what he's doing this early in the game. And also have you, you've listened, I'm assuming you've listened to all of his uh, media appearances, right? I actually haven't. I've seen quotes. He's saying all the right things and you can tell it's a genuine too. Like I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, I can see why Pagula, the Pagulas were impressed by him and why they were like, yeah, no search. I get it's early. They haven't even hit the ice yet with him as the GM, but I really don't have any complaints yet. The stall trade is really good, and I like his philosophy so far and his will- seemingly willingness to accept analytics. From the quotes I've seen, it, it comes across as definitely more genuine. That's the right word. It's yeah, genuine. Botterill, mm-hmm. it was always, oh, development, 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 development. And then everything would just contradict itself. Okay, you're talking about development, but mm. you're shoehorning Casey Middlestat and Tage Thompson into the main roster in roles they aren't ready for, and they're getting their heads caved in, and you're just not sending them to Rochester. What I liked is the other day he made it a point to say that the Pagula's goal of winning the Stanley Cup has still not changed. Yes. I thought that was... And you always like to mention... uh the word Stanley Cup is never mentioned. It's never mentioned. But did Botterill ever say Stanley Cup? I don't know. I don't think Botterill ever said the word Stanley Cup. I don't even think Tim Murray said the word Stanley Cup. No, it's Cup. been a, like a plague yeah, for the all last, these years. Darcy Regeer was the last general manager. Yeah. They Stanley Cup. For some reason, playoffs in Stanley Cup have been a dirty word because it might get people worked up or something. I don't know. But... Finally, I thought it was cool that um, I don't know if he's how long he's been with the organization, but uh, I mean, somehow he knew that they said that. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's so. see. Right, let's see what else he's gonna do here. I I'm really hoping for more trades. Is uh, good trades too. Not not uh, trades like the O'Reilly trade that are gonna want me to gouge my eyes out with hot pokers. Right, right. How about you know? I'm feeling a a Larson extension coming. How about that? Mm, really? Maybe, yeah, I'm feeling it. I know the rumors. Um, 
maybe a month ago or so where that like we're not bringing back any of our UFAs. Yeah. We'll see. I'm I'm really holding out hope for Larson because they really need someone for the penalty kill. Yeah. They do need to address that penalty kill too, by the way. That's something that they really have to do. And also they're looking out for a goalie. I wonder what they're gonna do there. Maybe they'll wait for UFA for that. How about Anton Hudobin? Yeah, it's going to be a very diverse goalie class, too. And uh, Anton Hudobin, by the way, I think he's going to completely change the goalie market because mm-hmm. he's killing it in this playoff. Killing it. How much money yes. is he going to command? Right. Well, he's 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 going to get a raise. That's uh, he's going to get a raise, the, but the like, biggest contract he's not get is six million dollars. No, but uh, you know what, Joe? Speaking of changing the market, how about? Justition Hockey, our wonderful sponsors here on the Charging Buffalo podcast. If you use the code TCB at checkout, you'll get 10% off your order of some fresh, stylish uh, hockey apparel, which I believe even Dwayne Wade rocks. Yes, um, Dwayne Wade was rocking JDH. Yeah, so uh, if you want to look like the, the biggest ballers in the world, take a gander over at uh, Justition Hockey and see what they're serving up over there tcb for 10 percent at checkout yep but uh like you were saying there uh hudobin is he's he's shaking things up it's it's gotten interesting now yep and what are you oh, hoping for what are you hoping for oh boy well okay i have always been a brain holby fan and I know you kind of poo-pooed that idea earlier. Uh, I guess the next best thing, obviously, would be Flurry. I don't know about unless Vegas is retaining like half of his salary. I'm saying no to that. What I don't want to do is somebody like Thomas Grice. I don't I want like Tom. I wouldn't mind Thomas Grice. It's just I think we need to move away from the whole career backup thing. Yeah, like we, we I, can't I can we, we can't that. and I know you can't you can't just sign a starter, right? You can't sign uh your next franchise guy. You gotta develop him. But like I just think it's 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 too much of a risk again. I go with the tandem kind of thing. I think Allmark is ready to get the majority of starts. Get someone who's half decent like Grice to be that tandem, I think. Or even any, like Dar- Darcy Kemper, I think he'd be a great target. But like, I saw they want a first. I hope he's going to ask for a first round pick for him. Probably, yeah. I don't think they can do that. I well, I, the, anything of course is going to be better than a blind goalie, right? Yeah, like we had. <laughs> Forgot about that. So I, I guess yeah, I shouldn't be too picky because I mean that's what we had. Um, but I mean, is Hutton going to be back? Are we gonna wave him? Uh, or... I mean, I'm I'm sure they're gonna Molson him because they're gonna have UPL and Jonas Johansson in Rochester next year. They don't need Hutton if especially. Look, I'm sure if they do trade for a goalie, I'm sure Hutton will be going back the other way. Yeah, right. You would think Hutton's yeah, not gonna so. want. I'm sure, maybe they'll even terminate his contract. They'll be like, hey, go to Rochester and he won't report. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. You got anything else you want to touch on before we peace out? Nah, nothing. 
All right. Uh, thank you all for listening. As usual, you can follow Charging Buffalo on Twitter and Instagram at the Charging Buff. You can follow us on Twitter as well at JoeTCBNHL and LVKETCB. Also, keep an eye out for the Charging Buffalo draft guide. Or draft guys been working on this night and day for seems like months now. It's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, we hope you all are able to look into it. Uh, yeah, we're all really excited for that. Draft is coming up, so hopefully we can have Curtis on maybe in a week or two to talk about the draft leading up to it. It's just over two weeks away. Let's hope that there's some more trades on the horizon for these Buffalo Sabres, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening.